Dr. Jochen Menges, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. We're looking at something intriguing called the acceleration trap, something that we might all think that, that we have been subject to. Can we just define what that term, the acceleration trap, means? Sure, yes. The acceleration trap is really a phenomenon that many of us know, but it's sometimes hard to recognize. So the acceleration trap takes place when um, organizations ask their employees to work on a high level of energy for most of the time. That means that they ask them to display the same amount of accelerated effort day after day, month after month. Now, if that effort continues and... um, then that takes a toll on the organization. And what it essentially leads to is what we call organizational burnout. That is sort of the equivalent to the burnout on the individual level of, the, of, of a person. Um, now, on the organizational level, we see that what happens to companies is that their energy really declines and the frenetic pace that they put forward saps the employee's motivation. So in the end, that leads to... Uh, the organization suffering from actually performance um, uh, deteriorations. And, and does it affect profitability? For instance, do people re- leave at, at a higher rate? Are there costs of recruitment, re-employment? What do we know about the impact of the acceleration trap? Yeah, it's a severe problem, actually. In, in a recent study we ran in 2009, we actually found 50% of the organizations in a sample of 92 organizations to be affected by the acceleration trap. So it's a real ac- epidemic re, uh, that we see. Um, how does it impact organizations? Well, in our sample, we thought that those organizations who actually overaccelerated fared far worse than, than their peers, and uh, that is on performance, efficiency, employee productivity, retention, and quite a number of other important uh, indicators for organizations. Um, Maybe the most important problem is that there is a psychological and a social problem. Uh, Leaders sometimes take the exhaustion of employees as a sign of laziness or unjustified protest, which it is not. It is really a serious problem. And then these leaders uh, increase the pressure on employees to perform only to add insult to injury. Um, So instead of fighting the problem, they need to fight the symptoms, and the symptoms are deeply embedded with the organisation most of the time. But, you know, we've got a Protestant work ethic. In Britain, working hard is seen to be a good thing. It seems to be, we believe it to be, what makes our companies and ourselves successful. Right, and hard work is indeed enjoyable, but there is only so much one can do, right? So... um, you know, even the even athletes sometimes suffer from what uh, it has become known as a fatigue fracture because they don't take time to recover. Indeed, they practice so much, they exercise so much that their bones just break. Um, the, sepan- uh, the same happens with machines. You know, if you use machines excessively, they break. And the very same happens to humans. So if, if you walk, work in an organization where, this, where constantly you are asked to uh, work harder than others and more and... Uh, more and more and more, what obviously happens is that eventually you get tired from it and uh, you just don't work as well as you do anymore. And so would we know when we're trapped, for instance, if we're twittering, looking on at our emails all the time, not switching off our mobile phones, would that be a symptom? Are there any sort of red lights that can say to us, stop, any signs? 
Yes, indeed. You know, the excessive use of emails, uh, our constant use of, of Twitter, all these sort of contribute to uh, a culture of acceleration. In many organizations, we actually detect a culture of, organi- of, of acceleration. That means that they constantly ask their employees to do too much. They overload them with too many activities and they multi-load them with too many different activities. So um, by asking employees to do more than they can, by asking them to do all sorts of different things, you lack uh, the strong, enjoyable uh, um, motivation that derives from a single focus, for instance. So, you know, these tools such as emails and Twitter, they really distract us from what is important in our life. And as long as they contribute us to reaching certain goals, then it's fine to use them. But if uh, all they do is keep us busy... I would say it's not useful to have them on all the time. And how do you break free from it? Do, do you just have, sort of have a dress-down day on a Friday? Do you talk frankly in seminar situations with your team leaders? How do you go about liberating yourself from the acceleration trap? Well, the core problem of the acceleration trap really is that we do too many things or too much, right? So the easy way out is to ask ourselves, what could we stop doing? Uh, Just as you mentioned previously, the use of emails, for instance, is something that we excessively do, and we could stop using emails all day and rather do it three times a day. That would be sufficient. If you look at the organizational level, and that's where the acceleration trap really matters, it is that organizations do way too many projects that are not leading to any successful end. So an organization needs to determine which projects are important and which ones could we stop. And if they are in the acceleration trap, that's the first measure to take. Ask yourself which projects are important, which are the ones that you need to keep, and which are the ones that you just continue because sometime someone began them. And you need to get rid of these. Um, A lot of organizations have idea suggestion schemes asking employees for things they should do in addition to what they already do. Uh, And employees use these tools to suggest brilliant ideas. The problem is these activities are begun easily without asking do we have the resources to do them. What only few organizations have is the exact opposite, asking, organiz- asking employees what should we stop doing. And that's the important thing that you need to have. You need to ask your employees, frankly, what are the projects that you simply do because someone asks you to do them rather than because you believe in them, because you think that they will achieve something that's worthwhile for the organization. Now, would a sense of strategy help? But on the other hand, people are talking about too much strategy and let's tear up the strategy papers. Does strategy help? Right, indeed. As a matter of fact, I would believe that it is the core uh, to getting rid of an acceleration in an organization. If you have a clear strategy, you can easily decide on what is important and what not. If you don't have a clear strategy, it is very hard to decide. And you do many things hoping that one of these will eventually lead to a success. So being clear about strategy allows you to make tough decisions on what to continue and what not. And sometimes being clear on strategy also means stepping on someone's toes and saying we don't continue this project because it leads nowhere. It doesn't contribute to achieving the goals that we've set ourselves because of our strategy. So getting an organizations out of the acceleration trap, you really need to be clear about strategy. You seem to be saying that actually the acceleration trap and and writing strategy, almost incorporating it into uh, business culture, acknowledging that the acceleration trap is part of uh, a negative business culture, is actually a new business tool. You need to establish this idea around the fact that 
uh, you want to avoid acceleration. So if an organization changes from an organization in which uh, acceleration was a habit, something that everyone did, checking emails constantly, to running very pro various projects all the time, to an organizations where you have a focus on those tasks that are important, getting them done in time, and doing them on a very high level, getting the right results. Then this entails that you change the culture of the organization. And uh, there are some organizations who have done that quite successfully indeed. Uh, one typical example would be um, um, Microsoft, uh, where the CEO, Bill Gates, at the time actually uh, used to retreat for uh, one week that he called the Think Week uh, to consider the ideas that the employees suggested. And he didn't do anything else for that one week. Uh, today, we actually see various uh, of, the, of the big thinkers in, in Microsoft doing the very same thing. Over 40 of them do this today, simply because they acknowledge that going to a different place for one week, doing one task only for one week, helps them getting the task done, rather than doing the task simultaneous to other many other things that they do. And that's a cultural change, because usually organizations ask employees to be present all the time, run various activities simultaneously, and all these things. Now, if you uh, perceive uh, the fact that running one thing at a time actually helps to get this thing done and get it done quickly, then you are already on the way to make that cultural change and become an organization that doesn't have the acceleration problem. And, and we have a term for that already in modern Britain, which is, is called less is more. So if you slow down in your organization, does it in fact in the long term and strategically mean you're speeding up because you're going to uh, produce a better product in the long term? Yes, very much so. So exactly, you need to slow down in order to speed up. That means you sometimes need to take breaks uh, in order to get the energy back that you need for those high-intense, high-energy periods. No one can be productive 365 days a year. Everyone needs to have a break. But these breaks are at this time in most organizations seen as a waste of time. But they're not. Indeed, they actually contribute to the energy that people bring into the workplace. And I'm not talking about vacation or holidays or anything. I'm talking about periods in which people focus on one thing at a time, just as I mentioned previously, the Bill Gates example, for instance. Or if organizations actually schedule uh, their year around peak periods and regeneration periods. Uh, in which in the, during the peak periods, people work hard, do the most they can, they bring their product on the road. And after that, they are allowed to take a break. We see it very seldomly, actually, that uh, leaders take a break after they finish a project. Often, they see the light at the end of the tunnel, but by the time that they're, uh, they're in the light, they actually rush into the next tunnel. Now, from our research, we, we see that those organizations who celebrate uh, the ends, who actually indulge in the successes that they have, are much better off than those who just keep on doing things. So if you want to put your hand up and say to your boss, male or female, you know, I, I think we've been working too hard for too long, that's not a sign of team weakness. No, I would say the opposite. It's actually very strong if members of your team dare to do this. Um, I would emphasize, though, that it's not you know, the single employee that may be exhausted or uh, resignated or frustrated. That happens in every organization, every team. You have these everywhere. It is the problem that a lot of employees at the same time become exhausted and become frustrated. And if you have such a situation in an organization, one employee who speaks up brave enough to say it for others, for instance, 
then that's a clear signal that you need to uh, reconsider. You need to think about the fact that you may use up too much energy of your employees and to ask too much of them. Again, one single employee frustrated doesn't matter too much. All your workforce being frustrated and resignated certainly impacts your performance as an organization. Dr. Johan Menges, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. I'll go out and have that cup of coffee. Thank you very much. And I'll be back for some more tips. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you.